0: And at that point, we're actually going to do a bit of a break, and we're going to have a 12-week session uh, that is going to be, and depending on your situation, you'll either go to one or you'll go to the other. So, for those of you who are either new believers, or who uh, who were in the gospel class, the Christianity Explained class, that Wes and Kevin taught, Uh, then you're going to be able to be part of a Basics of the Christian Life uh, uh, seminar, which is going to take place in BJ's office. And the rest of the congregation is going to be doing uh, 12 weeks on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Both of those are actually taught by a a fellow of the... uh, the Ligonier Institute. His name is Sinclair Ferguson, and he's one of the best Bible scholars and teachers alive today. So we have uh, two curriculums that are on that are you know record, video recorded. And so uh, if uh, if you're a, a newbie, then you'll be doing the basics of the Christian life course in uh, again with Wes and Kevin in the uh, in BJ's office, and then the rest of us will be doing uh, the Holy Spirit. Course in here. And you can ask me questions about that and what do I do and should I be in this one or this one and we can talk. But we're going to start off with four weeks on how to prepare a gospel testimony. All right. Well, that begs the question then what is a gospel testimony? You get first dibs. What's a gospel testimony? You've seen one if you've been around here for very long, or heard one. It's the story of how you came to Christ. That's a good, good summary. And so, if you were at Heart to Heart last week, you heard JR give her testimony. If you were here at the baptismal service, uh, back in the spring, you saw and heard six of our new believers uh, give baptismal testimonies. Um, And so a gospel testimony is your story of how you came to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Um, What it is, it's, and here's how we're going to approach this during this course. It's the gospel message with your life story as the main illustration. The core of a gospel testimony, as we're going to, look at it is the gospel message and your life and the details of your life provide the main illustration describing and explaining the gospel message here's the contrast here's what a gospel testimony isn't it's not an exhaustive account of your life it's not like, well, I was born at a very young age, and then uh, when I was two, you know, I can remember that we moved from the White House on Pine Street, and we moved across town, uh, and now we were in a greenhouse that had two stories, and I got, my, uh, I got uh, my own bedroom for the first time. Now, I have, I have heard lots of people give their testimonies, and I've heard lots of people give their testimonies with that level of detail. What might be some downsides to having... To telling your story in that way distracting too long, I can remember one time when when one guy in our in our home group he was an old gentleman, probably in his 80s, and he took forty five minutes and he had only gotten up to like when he was a young man and, uh, and he hadn 't really explained anything about the, about the gospel yet because <laughs> he hadn 't gone to it. he was telling his life story and he had a long and interesting life story. Uh, so, it can get too long. It, it's, it, you, you want something actually short, and we'll explain why in a minute. What other th- reasons might you not want to give an exhaustive account of your life story in sharing your testimony? Okay, so the, the focus and the primary thing, the, the jewel that we're looking to, to like actually share is the, is the, the story... ...of Jesus and his saving love... ...and if we put too much in about... ...whether the house was green or, or white... Then, ...then that really isn't the main point. Now... ...it... ...having a gospel testimony is different... ...from just sharing the, the, the gospel. It's not just sharing... ...there is a God... ...and we're sinners who have rebelled against God... ...but Jesus Christ has come to pay the penalty... ...for sinners... And allow them to have eternal life by his sacrifice on the cross, and you need to respond to that by repenting and believing. Now that's that's the gospel. A testimony is is your life illustrating that story, but you, you want the center to be the gospel message. It's it is how it. So it's not your life story with the gospel as window dressing. You know, with little you know. Here's my here's the story. My memoirs by Brad Parker, and, and I'll put the gospel in little places here and there. And it, is, it isn't even how God's worked in your life. Like it, a, an account of how God's worked in your It's not necessarily like what you might share in a share time. You might share in a share time how God's working in your life in a particular area where you're seeing his, seeing his providence and you're, you're actually growing. You know, and, and that's great, but that might not be something you'd include in in a testimony, and I've heard testimonies given like that, where everything that God had ever taught them was included in the testimony. And again, all that's fantastic, but it kind of becomes a bit of a distraction from the fact that we want our testimonies to showcase Jesus and the cross. Now, why? Why? Because you're like, well, what do you, what what do you, you know, Who cares whether it's my long story or my short story? Well, it's kind of... Here's why I want to sell you on the idea... ...that it's really good to have a five to seven... ...minute version of your story... ...of how you came to faith in Jesus. So why prepare a gospel testimony? And actually, this class is going to be a... ...is actually going to be a workshop. Like, if you so choose... ...you will actually have... ...at the end of this four-week class... ...you'll actually have a written testimony... You can give that's of of a a reasonable amount of length. Now, there are several reasons to do this. Number one is evangelism. How many of you feel like you could grow, you'd stand to grow in evangelism? Mm -mm, Yes. All right. Do you know what the single most effective tool I've had over the course of my life in being able to share the gospel with people has been? It's been by sharing my testimony. Because in this day and age, it is very hard to say no to someone who says, would you let me tell, me, tell you my story? Right. The power of story is, and the power of personal experience is very, very profound in our society. And I'm happy to leverage that. I'm happy to leverage that. I'm, I want to know their story... You know, if, if I'm meeting someone, if I'm meeting a non-Christian for the first time, I'm going to be asking them a million, you know me, what do I do? I ask questions. So I, I'm going to ask a million questions about their story. I want to know their story. And then what is going to be a very easy way to turn that around and say, would you mind if I told you some of my story? And how many people do you think are going to say, no? Not really. You might get some people. You might have some people who are like, uh, "No, that's okay. That's okay. I don't need to hear that." <laughs> but common politeness will often allow, like uh, that. That's what I. That's what I've done when I've been on airplanes, for instance, and I've had a seatmate that's willing to have conversation. Is that I can I can ask them about their story, and then I say, "Would you mind if I told you a little bit of my story?" Now, now, where am I now? What can I do? I can tell them the vast whole story of the greenhouse on Pine Street... ...and the White House on Roosevelt Street, right? Or what can I do? I can share a brief story... ...which has Jesus at the center of it... ...and my life is providing the illustration for that. And if I have it in a form that's, say, five minutes long... ...that's not... You know, unless they shut me down, that's not going to be too long for the ordinary conversation. Does that make sense? So now I have the gospel because I've written my testimony in such a way that the gospel is the centerpiece. So by the end of my story, I have done what? I've shared the gospel by telling my story. Does that make sense? All right. So it's fantastic to have... ...your gospel testimony in readiness... ...as you want to share the gospel... ...as you want to be more faithful in evangelism. It also is awesome... ...just as a practical way of serving our church. So what do the ladies do at Flourish? Uh, Sorry, not Flourish. Heart to heart. What do the ladies do at Heart to Heart? What's What's the centerpiece of Heart to Heart? It's not the floats. Floats are nice. The centerpiece is a lady... Sharing her testimony. Now, Liz, are you still doing it? Liz is the testimony coordinator for Heart to Heart. And you know what? She calls up ladies and or BJ calls up men, because sometimes we do this at 416, and asks, would you mind sharing, would you like to share your story at Heart to Heart? Or would you like to share your story at Men's 416? And you know what? Often, response that there is, and not a surprise. I'm not trying to be negative at all, but it's like, mm, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. Now, some of that's fear of public speaking,ness, but some of it's that I just don't have my story kind of in a form that can do that. So, if you have your story ready to go on your on your eye thingy, whatever, you know, or you know, then then what, what can happen when there's an opportunity in our church for some evangelistic meeting like a heart-to-heart Heart or a men's 416 and, and the leaders need someone to share their story of how they came to faith in Christ? You have, you have a version. And you can actually then share the gospel with, with courage and conviction in a public setting. Are there some of you who never ever 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 want to do that in a public setting probably and that's not a problem but if you had it it means you could give it youth retreat that would be another example where there's opportunities to share because the power of seeing how Jesus saves a particular sinner is very is very powerful you know this your story will connect with some other people's stories and if you are telling your story of how you came to faith in Christ and maybe you had a particular hang-up, well, there's probably else some, someone in the crowd listening to you who has that particular hang-up as well. And it's helpful for them to hear how you came through it. All right. It's also um, just a, a practical benefit um, because at our church, if you uh, come to faith and you want to be baptized, we we ask that as part of the baptismal service that you share a, 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 your, your, your story of your conversion. Some of you are in that position now where you're considering getting ready for baptism. And so hopefully this course is going to be a practical help to you um, because you'll be able to work through, like this will be an opportunity for you to work through your story. Or if you're interested in coming into membership at RGC, which I definitely encourage, uh, then one of the things that we do as part of the membership interview is that we ask you to share your story of how you came to faith in Christ. So having that as an, kind of as an organized, uh, having that you know thought through and organized, that's a help to you. So there's just some practical but benefit in terms of having it ready uh, for the different aspects of life at Redeeming Grace. And then my last reason why I think it's helpful to to have a, a gospel testimony prepared is that actually. In many cases, it helps us be clear on our own conversion. It gives us clarity regarding conversion. It can The process of writing out our testimonies can help us become clear as to what was the thing that really changed our life. Because one of the main aspects of Christian conversion is transformation. It's when we move from death to life. And when we move from death to life, things change. And so I can remember... uh, Let's see, I don't think they're here this morning. They might be in Foundations itself. No, I think they're just away. Uh, Cal and Renee Bittner. Do you know their story? They were coming into membership at another church... And they were asked, as part of the membership process, to write out their testimony. And you know what? They sat down to do that. They sat down to explain the story of how they'd come to saving faith in Jesus, which moved them from death to life. They found out that they didn't think that had actually happened to them. And they had been both been in the church for years But they had never actually experienced the saving grace of God converting their souls. And that became clear to them as they sat down to try and write their testimony. Now, I'm not trying to say that if you start sitting down to write your testimony, you're going to suddenly conclude you're not a believer. But I'm saying that it could help you sift through. what are these different parts of my life how do they fit with what the scriptures say about what death looks like and what life looks like and what being born again looks like so it may just help clarify for you so that's another reason to prepare a gospel testimony i have one other question and then i'm actually going we're going to go through uh, You're all going to want to have one of these sheets. And you're also going to want to have a writing implement. There's a bunch of those back there, too. So maybe while I do this last point, uh, you might want to go grab uh, a sheet and a writing implement. So here's my last question. Does every Christian have a testimony? What if I've just always believed? Well, that's a good question. I've had a number of people talk to me and say, I've just always believed. Well... There's a problem with that idea. And here's the problem. We do not come out of the womb already in a right relationship with God. We just don't. Genesis 8.21 says, The intention of man's heart is evil from his youth up. We actually all begin life as sinners estranged from God... We don't come into this world naturally in a right relationship with God. Therefore, we have all had a time in our lives, at the beginning of our lives, when this passage from Ephesians 2 characterized us. This was your biography at some point in your life. For some of you, it may still be. Part of your biography. It may may still be your biography, but at least everyone in this room at one point was dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom, meaning among the sons of disobedience, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So Paul's describing a universal reality that explains how every single person was once, or is still now, a sinner estranged from God. They are constitutionally sinners. They follow the ruler of this world, the devil, and they do things that show that because they commit the sins and trespasses. Everyone has that as the beginning of their bio. If you're not yet a Christian, that's still your bio. If you have come to Christ, that was your bio until Jesus saved you. What that means is that there's no one of us here... ...who can start out their testimony with... ...well, I've just always believed. I've always been a Christian. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You started out dead in trespasses and sins. Now, you may be a Christian now... ...but somewhere in there you were converted. You were turned. You were born again. You moved from death to life... ...from rebellion to repentance... ...from enemy of God... To child of God. And your testimony. Is the story of how God rescued you. From this. Situation where you were dead in sins. And headed for hell. And moved you. By his grace through faith. Into a standing of being. His beloved child. On your way to heaven. So now. Might that have happened when you were very young. Yes. Yes. But somewhere in. You were converted. And so this process is, is designed to help us kind of tease all that out. And you may not have great, you may not even know for sure when you came to know Jesus. This process can be helpful in thinking this. So I actually want you to go now and turn to the testimony prep guide. This is a work that BJ did, oh, I don't know, a few years ago. He wrote this up. And then I, I have, and then the backside of it is questions that we're going to work through. Um, so the introduction says, every Christian has a testimony of God's miraculous work of redemption in their life. There's no one right way to share your testimony. However, we have found that these particular guidelines have served our congregation well. It's an opportunity to share the gospel. Jesus should be the main character. In other words, you aren't the main character. It's your spiritual story, not your life story. Consider what details are relevant and what is not. Use the structure below to filter through what to share and what to leave out. The primary focus is your conversion story. All right, and then and then the structure. We're going to divide this, this up into three parts, which I say is easily represented by three S's. One is sin, your life before Jesus Christ. Savior, how you came to know Jesus Christ in a saving way. And three, saving faith, what has your life looked like since putting your faith in Jesus? Sin, Savior, saving faith. Today, we're going to focus on the question of sin. And honestly, this is the easiest section for most people to fill out, and most of the time when BJ and I are working through someone, it's like their pre-life story. Like, like people are like, "Here's all the, ba- let's just put it all out there," and we're like, "Okay, you can compress this. Okay, you don't need to say all this. Oh yeah, you know, you know, or let's be more discreet about this part and things like that, right?" So sin actually, you know, telling the bad old news that that actually can be relatively easy, but. And we'll look at, and then next week we'll look at Savior. What does it look like to share how you came to saving, how how, how you came to know Jesus as Savior? And then the third week we're going to look at uh, how to write up, you know, what your life has been since you came to saving faith. Right. So we, you see the kind of the three aspects of of your of your story: pre Jesus, getting Jesus, post Jesus. Now. If you're sitting here and you say, saying, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I'm not actually a Christian. Well, you can write two, one and a half of these three sections up. You can explain your life pre-Jesus, which, as far as you know, is still going on. And you can, the second part of the story is, includes the gospel itself, and you can write that up. And hopefully that will help you get clarity on what it means actually to believe in Jesus, which may actually help you. So I don't care if you're here and you know you're not a Christian or you're not sure if you're a Christian. You can still choose to be part of this process. Now, I can't make you do this, right? We're going to spend some time doing these worksheets. If you choose not to participate, that's up to you. But we're going to actually have some time in here where we start working through some of these things. And I'm going to be available for questions. And BJ will be available for questions. Because the goal would be to actually have an end product. Now, let's look at the questions. I'll briefly run these down. I just wanted to put down some things that would be helpful to you as you seek to to write out the story of your life before Christ. So on the back there, there's eight questions. Do you have to... Fill these all out, of course not, but the, use these. Some of these are going to be relevant to you, and how to jog your memory as you seek to organize an account of your life before you became a Christian. So, and I've have done it in you know I've done these enough with people that often there's a way you start and there's a way that it kind of goes. So this is a little bit in order. But what was your religious background growing up? That's how most people start their story. How did your family, your family of origin, influence what you thought about God? What did you think about God? And did that change much over time as you moved from childhood through adolescence into young adulthood and later life? Did you grow up in a Christian family, but then when you were a teenager, you rejected the gospel and lived for the next 20 years uh, an atheist, right? So that would be that would there would be progression there. You'd want to kind of explain that. What, if anything, did you understand about the gospel of Jesus? And are there any ways your understanding was mistaken, distorted, or incomplete? So, you church kids, you may well, if you grew up at RGC, you may, or at another gospel preaching church, you may have understood the gospel very clearly, intellectually, but you had some weird twist, like I can remember, uh, like, I thought I, I thought being a Christian meant that you had to be perfect. Or something like that, right? You know, some misconception that was was hindering you from coming to Jesus. Question four. How did sin manifest itself in specific ways in your thoughts, attitudes, and actions? Sub-question there. What did you value above God? Right? That can help tease that out. What were you worshipping instead of God? And is there any sin that was life-defining... A sin that captures the essence of your particular rebellion against God. Right? So mine was pride and arrogance. That was, I had plenty of sin. And I can tell you all about it. But if I want to capture the essence of what was the rebellion of my heart, it was pride. That's that kind of was the, the life-captivating sin. What illustrations might you use to explain how particular sins were manifested in your life? In my story, I tell about how my pride led me to blaspheme God, right? That's just a particular illustration that helps under, explain what happened there. Now, this is going to apply to some of you, and to some of you it's not. Is there any time in your life when you thought you were a Christian, but your life was actually characterized by slavery to sin rather than slavery to righteousness? And how will you explain that? right because in general uh you know anyone who is a slave of sin is actually still unconverted someone who's a slave someone who's converted is a slave of righteousness so you look through your life and say is there any parts of my life where i i thought i was just fine and yet here i was living absolutely counter to the gospel think about that Reflecting back, number seven, how would you now describe your spiritual condition before, Jesus, before Christ, meaning pre-Christ? What things does the Bible say was true of you at the time while you were in your unbelief? What did your sin deserve? That's you reflecting back and saying things like, I didn't know it yet, but I was a sinner on my way to hell. I deserved to go to hell because of my sin. I didn't understand that at the time, but that was actually true. So theological reflection, and then number eight—that'll be on every section. Any passages of scripture you might include to to bolster bolster that story. Now we're going to take the last fifteen minutes, and Andrew's going to play a little bit of music, and we're actually going to—you're going to have—you got your pencils, you got your whatever. I want to ask you to just—if you—if you you choose, can't make you do this—but start jotting down some answers to some of those questions so you can begin to frame this. And I'll be circling around, and you can ask me. I'm sure, BJ, you're okay if people ask you. And, you know, or turn to a neighbor or something like that and say, how would you, How? how, what do you think he's getting at? And what I would ask is, consider this assignment for next week. Write up the, once you kind of take some of these notes... Why don't you write the sin section up, shooting for a word count of about 300 words, which takes about three minutes to say. So if you're looking for maybe a testimony that's seven minutes long, three minutes on your life before Christ. So I'm going to actually turn you loose now and circle and encourage you to, to think through these questions. If you've recently done this, then maybe you can help someone else do it. But let's actually just... Work away a bit.